I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. And today, oh, it's going to be a doozy of a day because we are talking about the 1987 American black comedy horror film, and Brian's all-time favorite movie, <laughs> The Monster Squad. Ah! Kick him in the door! Kick him in the door! Kick him in the door! Go in, go in! Wolfman's got Nards! Come on, come on! Get ready for a whole bunch of parlor talk with Brian. <laughs> Yeah, this whole I think this whole episode is just a parlor talk. I think so, which is totally fine. It's it's so I'm just gonna I'm gonna play the clip now. (laughs) Come sit, have a drink. It's parlor talk. We're good. We're good. Okay, parlor talk. Because it's gonna start the 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 whole thing. Beautiful. So parlor talk. (laughs) The Monster (laughs) Squad is directed by Fred Decker and written by Shane Black. And Decker. And the movie stars Andre Gower, Robbie Geiger, sorry, Kiger, Tiger Macht, Duncan Regeer, Stan Shaw, and Tom Noonan, just to name a few. And obviously, heavy, heavy spoilers for the movie The Monster Squad, even though this was in 87. So, you know, maybe watch this if you if you haven't. It's a good way to get into the spooky season. And Jamie, can you tell us about any trigger warnings in this movie? Uh, there is foul language in front of very small young children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. So much. <laughs> uh, and discussions of uh, genitalia on monsters as well. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> I I don't even know. Are there any other trigger warnings? I mean, things um, get people explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess like like fighting, parental fighting. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. If, you don't, if you don't like like that, uh, I mean, this it's just a lot tension more, in familial relationships. Black, yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, blackmail with photographs. Oh God. <laughs> Misogyny really at its best. Sexualizing yeah. teenagers. Maybe uh maybe this isn't my favorite movie anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rethinking things. <laughs> I mean, this is classic, classic 80s everything. 80s camp to the upteenth degree for sure. Mm. So we'll get into all of that. But before that. Producer Brian, tell us some things. Yeah. Um, hey, everybody. Uh, happy October. Uh, we have a lot of stuff going on. You can follow us at Talk Horror Pod on all social media. Um, I want to lean into TikTok and uh, Instagram. Um, those two things have a lot more than Twitter, if I'm going to be totally honest. But you can <laughs> follow us all on all those things. We're doing some fun things over there. Um, you can also... Um, you know, uh, celebrate Halloween in the spirit um, with these episodes. Again, this is my episode. Um, Nikisha has one. Jamie has one in terms of our favorite movies. Um, so we're doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, let us know what movies you like and you would like for us to cover in general. Uh, TikTok, anywhere, and uh, write us reviews. Thank you. That is all. <laughs> Thank you and uh, goodbye. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so before we get into this, and I know Brian is just – Itching to do that two-minute plot summary of the yeah. monster. I have ball. foot fungus. That's why I'm itching. Oh my <laughs> gosh! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
I honestly feel like this is just a very side note, but to the movie that this whole movie needs its own dictionary of terms and words and phrases and sentences, because this is a true time capsule of the (laughs) 80s culture and slang of it all. Yeah. I mean, they teach Frankenstein like bogus and like all these (laughs) 80s slang words. I love it. I love it. Anyway, sorry. Yes. Uh, But I will say... uh, to our, our segment of what have you watched this week? I just have to say that I did not heed your warnings, guys, and I watched The Boy 2. Brahms, he got you. Brahms got you. Brahms was calling to me. And I just had to I had to answer the call, guys. Mm. It was it's streaming on uh Netflix. Both mm. of the movies. And I enjoyed the first one. And I just yeah. remember us having conversations and Jamie going into one of her <laughs> beautiful tangents about why the boy too just does not work in the universe of of the characters, which I absolutely agree. But I still just had to sit there and experience it for myself. And yeah, none of it, none of it made sense. I, I did not understand the fact that the doll... The point of the first one, which is what you guys told me, was that the guy was moving the doll because he was hiding within the walls of the house. Spoilers if you have not seen The Boy or The Boy 2. And now The Boy 2, the doll is actually is haunted. There's a spirit inside of the doll. What's what's happening? Where did that come? And then they're trying to... My favorite thing, though, was that they were recognizing the first movie and trying to piece together like why and how the doll has been possessed while mm-hmm. still going with the story of her reading the <clears throat> articles about the guy that was hiding in the walls and was killing people and blah, 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 blah. But it still just made no sense. But I had a fun time because, you know, porcelain demon dolls are my jam now. And yeah, I just you grew up with them. It. I grew up, literally grew up sleeping <laughs> next to possessed porcelain <laughs> dolls. So, you know, I think that's why I had to watch the movie. It's cause it, it was because Brahms was calling to me. So I had to, but I just had to oh. let you guys know that I, I watched it. Nikisha, you made my day. Oof. You made my day. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I love how you called it like the boy universe, like the boy universe, like the, the BCU, boy the boy cinematic universe. Which is, I mean, but, and don't get it confused with the boys on Amazon, because that could absolutely be its own universe <laughs> of yeah. things. That was fair. Their superhero universe, they have their own thing, but no, this is, well, uh, let's change it to the Brahms universe. If we're talking about the Brahms universe, sure. Boy 2 does not fit into the Brahms universe. So that's oh. all I have to say about Oh, about my God. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, man. Uh, but, but I know we, so just so listeners, sometimes we record these in the mornings because Nikisha's in Hamilton. Um, go see Hamilton, get your tickets. Um, and that woke me up. You saying that you watched the boys, the boy to Brahms woke me up fully. It's just so, you know, sometimes you just have to watch a bad movie and enjoy it for how bad it is. And, and I think that yeah. was just the mood that I was feeling. And so I just went with it. And it it definitely fulfilled all of those things that I needed for a bad movie well, in, this, in this horror season. Speaking of the opposite of bad movies. <laughs> oh, you don't want to say continuing the trend of. of oh, no, Jamie, I was going to talk. I was going to talk about what we saw. Oh, what my God. Go for it. We saw Barbarian. <gasps> oh, I was going to oh, ask. My God. I am going to tell you nothing about this movie other okay. than you have to see it. I yes. Look at what I did. I did not spoil this movie for myself. I went in Congrats. blind. Yes. You have to go into this movie blind. Okay. It's so good. Top. Oh. Brian said that, I think Brian said that it was his favorite horror movie of this year. Barbarian Ooh. is my favorite horror movie of this year. I'm obviously not going to get into plot spoilers or anything like that, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, 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 that's all I'll say. Barbarian was absolutely well-directed, well-written, well-acted. The sound cues, the cinematography, everything about it. Very well was, cast. Yeah. The scares. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's um, surprising. It's I, I think you're gonna terrifying. I, I, terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> also, our <laughs> seats in the movie theater were broken, so we couldn't like lay back. So we were kind of like 
super uncomfortable sitting in those seats because like it, we were in a position that like you couldn't get comfortable um, yeah. and we're watching this movie that's making us even more uncomfortable i'm like well, this is that. this is true torture yeah Whoa. i was like hiding in my sweatshirt and it was because yes. i was like i can't like create distance between myself and, and like what's everything happening everything that's happening <gasps> yeah oh that's giving me you chills know, guys i have to watch it you know it's a great movie when jamie and i are like sitting next to each other in the movie theater and mm-hmm. like 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 we both like you know when you're in sync with someone else and you're you're so deeply into it that like you're jumping at the same times and yeah. you're almost like it's almost like synchronized swimming but like synchronized jump scares and like <laughs> and then and then and then the movie does a really good job of like taking those highs and pairing them with lows so you get moments to like breathe to yourself. Don't um, even talk about it. Don't even talk about you're right, it. Right, right, right. But what I was gonna say is is that like like it like when we're in that zone together, like we we like end up like leaning into each other at the same time to whisper like the <laughs> yeah, same yeah. thing. So I'm hiding. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's Bart C Barbarian, C Barbarian, C Barbarian. Okay. I, I, I will text my my uh castmates who love the horror as well and we will all schedule to see it this week yes it's fantastic yeah i can't wait it's also so nice when you experience really really good horror movies in the theaters and you're like yes the genre is continuing on with excellence and this is wonderful so Mm -hmm. we we love to see a thriving horror genre absolutely Mm -hmm. has to be I can't wait to hear what you think, Nikisha. And if you hate it, I'll be, I'll be so sad. Devastated. <laughs> I'll be devastated. You can say it. No more podcasting because you hate a barbarian. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, <clears throat> let's get into everything that is the monster squad. No barbarians in this movie, uh, unless you count the parents because they were wild to me and we'll get into (laughs) everything that is that but we need a two-minute plot summary which will come from our producer brian (laughs) oh i'm ready i've been ready my whole life exactly your whole life all right let me yes jamie's gonna time it okay wow the timer is like default on two minutes (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I opened it up and it knew it. It called to me and oh my God, exactly I love that. Knew the here. <laughs> All right, sir. So, producer Brian, you yes. have two minutes on the clock to tell us anything and everything hmm. about the movie that is the Monster Squad. Are you ready, sir? Ready. All right. Three, two, one. Tell us what happened in this movie. So the Monster Squad starts 100 years before the present day, the present day being 1987, where Abraham Van Helsing is marching on Dracula's castle, and he's trying to use this amulet uh, to open up basically like a vacuum, a phantom zone, to suck away all the monsters, and they fail. Flash forward to present day, where we meet this group of middle school kids who are in a monster club. They love the monsters so much, they use horrifying slurs at each other um and uh they just love monsters um and one day and and so there are two things happening one dracula has come to their town because the van helsings immigrated to the united states and landed in the town to protect the amulet and now um the amulet is in their town dracula is calling all of the monsters together to help him to basically like um, destroy the amulet um, and make sure that they can like take over the world because it happens only every 100 years and it just so happens that like this is like the day that it's going to happen so the he sends Dra- he, dracula sends frankenstein to steal a diary of van helsing from the kids which the mom brought from bottom a garage sale from artifacts from the house that van helsing's had in that area they bring it to scary german guy who is trying to translate it they realize that it's a hundred years um so they need to fight all the monsters in order to open up this vacuum they need to find a virgin a female to read the old german and whatever it is and anyway uh, lots of things happen. Dracula calls uh, little Phoebe the Phoebe uh, a bitch. Um, <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. And in the end, uh, they defeat all of the monsters, including the mummy, creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, the Wolfman, uh, and Dracula. And then Frankenstein gets sucked in and I cry. Uh, and uh, they all uh, they all live happily ever after because they show the military their business cards, which says 
we're the Monster Squad. And then there's an 80s rap about the Monster Squad. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Excellent job, Brian. Excellent oh, job. Man. <laughs> That's the plot. That rap at the end, wow. <laughs> That's it an 80s staple. Like that's that's also early 90s, like Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. Go Ninja, yeah. go Ninja, go. Great, right. great film. <laughs> or Ghostbusters. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, let's get into it with our likes and gripes. And Brian, you're gonna start this since this is your movie. So please tell us your relationship with this movie and give us your likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. Okay, so I am going to just tell you my relationship to the movie because I I really want to hear your likes and gripes before I color it with mine. Okay, so my relationship with this movie is that I watched it on VHS growing up in the early 90s because I was born in 86, it came out in 87. However, this was recorded on VHS from the TV. So like... I always missed like the first 30 seconds because the recording didn't start until like the end of the Dracula transformation at the beginning. (laughs) So like I only till recently, like that I actually watched like the scrolling credit, the, the, the words and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I love this movie because, like, I watched it as a kid. I was also obsessed with the Universal Monsters as a kid. And this movie, like, just, like, fit right into my wheelhouse. I just like that the kids are, like, on their own and doing their own thing. It's a kids kids on bikes movie. Yeah. Um, you know, you're like, I just love that. I just, like, I was just, like, taken by, like, how, like, nice Frankenstein was. And, like, I think I was also, like, they were outsiders. Like, the me- the kids were mean to them. Like, I just, like, connected to that in in, the different, in different ways. Um, also, mm-hmm. like, it had little boy humor. Like, they kick Wolfman in the nards. Like, like all, like, <laughs> I just, like, love that stuff. I think what I was most drawn to, to be totally honest, is, like, Stan Winston's special effects in this. Uh, and makeup, I should say. And the special effects are, like, actually really good and i would say that like they really hold up on like a viewing in 2022 um like at least the 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 practical effects do um and the thing is is that fun fact um they didn't have they had the rights to those characters because frankenstein and dracula like no but like i think those are public domain at that point or like whatever the case was but they could not make them look like the universal monsters because they would have been sued. So Stan Winston had the job of like, we need to make sure that people know it's Wolfman, but it can't look like Lon Chaney Jr.'s Wolfman. You know what I mean? Like we can do creature, but it can't look like the creature from the black lagoon, so on and so forth. And that's why they like look different, but like, you know who they are. Um, um, yeah, I just like, that's why I love this movie. Obviously there's a lot of nostalgia and I was talking to Jamie about it. Cause remember we talked briefly about Hellraiser and how mm-hmm. like, I don't really love Hellraiser, but I have no nostalgia for it. And like, it, I have nostalgia for nineties movies, but not eighties movies. Long yeah. story short, like I love this movie. If I watch this movie now, I would not love it. I understand that my love for this mm-hmm. movie comes from nostalgia. And I think, but I, but I could watch a seventies movie now and love it. As opposed yeah. to an 80s movie, which is, like, so, like, camp-specific, if that makes sense. And, like, mm-hmm. that's just not what, like, I jive with on a <laughs> usual basis. But I, but here's a perfect example of, like, this wild 1987 movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. Because it brings back good memories. But I also think the special effects are spectacular. Um, the practical effects are amazing. And, like, the kids are charming. So charming. Um <laughs> Mummy in my closet. Like, I just love... Anyway, Mummy in my house. Um, so that's my connection with it. I love it. I've been watching it every year since, like, the early 90s. I just, like... It's also a cult classic. So, like, mm-hmm. it's a community. There's a different community now. When you say, like, I love the Monster Squad, like, oh, my God, I love the Monster Squad. Like, that community is also, like, very nice in the, in, in the same way as, like, finding your community for, um, you know other shows now you know like and i feel like that's very common obviously anyway that's my relationship with this movie um nikisha uh what did you what are your likes and gripes (laughs) i'll go last okay so this is definitely my first time watching this movie and it started and i thought to myself what has brian got me into (laughs) because what is happening Mm. but 
I will say that I absolutely, and I wrote this in my notes, I understand people being nostalgic for this movie, especially, like you said, Brian, because you watched it when you were young and it was something that was just a a part of your holiday season, your Halloween Mm -hmm. season. And and you like monsters. So that absolutely makes sense that the two marry together. This is your your favorite. And I can definitely see the little kids like crying over Frankenstein when he gets sucked into the little thing because it, it was very or a grown uh, adult. Yeah, little kids. Right. Let's go with that. Little kids. <laughs> but you know what that reminded me of and made me nostalgic for was Hocus Pocus because that's the same kind of relationship with with Billy. Um sure. Who, comes out of the grave and is friends with uh, all, all the kids. So, you know, I, I get it. Um, I will say, though, that in true 80s camp fashion, it's the whole misogyny of it all. It's the whole just like peeping in on on the sister, trying to undress her clothes. And then all, like you said, Brian, the horrible names that they give each other. And I even, I just wrote down like body shaming and fat phobia um, because it's, it's ever present. Yeah. It makes you feel so bad. If, if you watch it with subtitles, it actually calls him fat kid. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's, and, and to me, you know, I thought to myself, oh, 80s, just a time where people, the, the bullying, the physical bullying was so ever present. And I think like, well, what's happening now? But it's cyberbullying on this side because, you know, we're never really even talking to each other in the first place. But it just was wild to me how these kids are often doing their own thing. And where are the adults? Oh, they're at home and they're arguing and, and yelling at each other. Uh, and I thought that that was just <laughs> true 80s. Like the parents are... Oh, and then one thing that just really, this is a super big gripe that I had. It's just, why are all the females in this movie dumb as hell? Like, I I can't (laughs) deal with the girl who, which was a hilarious line, talking about how she wasn't a virgin. (laughs) And she said that what Steve, what Steven doesn't count. And it just, I can't. (laughs) Doesn't count? It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? So, and then one of my notes, it just said, Oh, okay. This is this is chaotic, and I was like, "Why is the mummy in the in the closet?" And I okay, I have a question because the little boy who found the mummy in the closet was that his first scene in the movie? Because when it cuts to him being actually a part in the clubhouse with the monster squad, I thought to myself, "Where did this little kid come from?" I didn't know he was in relation with the other. Oh, um, that's a good question. I don't. Do you know? I don't. I don't. That's a great question. I don't know because. <laughs> Wasn't the dog with the – I don't know. I have to rewatch it now. Yeah, because oh, that's what I was oh. thinking. I was thinking the first time when they brought in the middle schooler to join the club and was asking him questions, I was thinking, oh, well, was the little kid maybe in the clubhouse then? Because the first time I remember actively seeing the little kid was when he was saying, there's a there's a monster in my closet. And then the next thing you know, he's with the group of kids. And I was like, where did this come from? Where did this little boy come from? But okay, he's super cute. So I'll allow it. <laughs> it's a cute little thing and after a while I just started writing my favorite quotes because this is absolutely a quotable a quotable movie so some some of my favorites um included don't be chicken shit uh handle your life <laughs> <laughs> great and I want to just tell everyone that handle your life <laughs> um wolfman's got nards which we've already talked about oh see you later band-aid breath Yes. Uh, oh, and just to my point of why the why are the women dumb? The the girls that get captured by Dracula and get bitten, and then at the end, all three of them are are coming to like yeah. fight the kids, and they're not even fighting, and they're just getting hit by the little stakes in their hearts, and they're not doing anything. So what you you are a magical being and you're just walking towards these people and just letting yourself get hit. And then the other ones are seeing this girl get hit by a stake and they're still just like, we're just gonna do the same thing she did. And then <laughs> sure. you just and then you die. Um <laughs> and the army showing up at the end, I mean just true 80s. Like and like I said, all of this is just 80s camp and if you're into that then this is absolutely a movie for you (laughs) but just the the 80s overacting for me is not not my jam and so you loved it yeah (laughs) long story short (laughs) 
this this was great. But like I said, I can understand why people have uh, nostalgia for this movie because it, it's a cute it's a cute kids eighties movie, and it's very uh, reminiscent of the time period and. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a two way thing. You know, if I were to watch this movie when I was younger, I probably would have absolutely loved it as well and still would have loved it today. But watching it today, like you mentioned, Brian, it's like, there are, there are other things, there there are other things, there are things to watch, you know, but I had a good time. Like Barbarian. Yes. But I had a good time, you know, monsters, monsters are cool. Little kids saving the day, you know, it's all good. (laughs) <laughs> i had a good time monsters are cool little kids saving the day i love yes. it great jamie um oh this <laughs> film um this is the second time that i've watched it the first time i watched it was when i first learned that it existed yep because brian told me that it existed i literally didn't know anything about this movie until brian like made me aware Um, and then I remember watching it with him and feeling (laughs) his gaze look upon me while I was watching it to see how I was like taking it all in. Yes. Um, and you know, I can say that this film is not for me. Um, we're still married. I was going to say, was this in the dating stages? Because it's one of those, like, did you have to lie and say you liked it? Just you know? I didn't like, lie. I was just like, okay, that was an interesting movie. It's um, like the uh, Scott Pilgrim meme where it's like, you see seven evil exes? You're seven evil exes. Like, my, my favorite seven movies, my favorite seven movies. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And, I mean, it's I, – I see the, like, nostalgia connection, Um because like this, this isn't for me, but I also don't have that much of a connection to like the universal monsters. Mm. I don't like feel like my, my grouping of monsters is more likely slashers as opposed to like these, these traditional, like classic horror villains. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah. So like this just doesn't land for me. I don't find like I, as an adult person, I don't find these things as scary. So, but I can see like, if I saw this as a kid, like how would all of this be like terrifying and like kind of stand out? And I still Mm -hmm. like thinking about things that scared me as a kid, what relationship I have to them now. Like I still have a lot of admiration for like Nightmare on Elm Street and Poltergeist, which like truly rocked me to my core as a kid, seeing that in like fourth grade at a sleepover. Um, and it still kind of gives me the like heebie jeebies, but like, yeah, I think it just goes back to what we were talking about with nostalgia with Hellraiser of just like, if there are these properties that like you didn't really connect with as a kid or like weren't exposed to, it's just so much hard, harder to like appreciate them and, and enjoy them as much. It was fine to me, but I mean, man, I like, couldn't, I could not recount the things that took place in this movie. I remember the lines, but like mm-hmm. I just found it very difficult to to pay attention to what was going on because for me it just like isn't very compelling. I just like don't understand why these things are <laughs> happening or like what the context is or and that could just be because I'm having a hard time paying attention. Uh yeah. but I like don't like why are they making these business cards? What is the point of that? That's what kids are they gonna do. hand one to this. each army member? I made business cards growing up. <laughs> what did they say, Brian? What was your business card? What did so, you have on it? Like I had a Star Wars club and I would test people to get into it, probably because of the movie they they tested people to get into the monster club. <laughs> um, I think I had a poetic license that I made and I showed it to my uh, uh, in- English teacher. If she, if she ever made a comment about poetic license, I was like, no, I have one. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yes. That's, that sounds very Brian-esque, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> for so sure. The kids in the Monster Squad needed to have cards. That's what kids do, especially during an 80s montage. Rock <laughs> until you drop. I mean, great song for that montage, I will yes. say. That was, a, that was a big, like, I was vibing with that one. <laughs> yeah, great film. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't mean, I mean... What do I like about it? Yeah, like the kids are charming. 
I think I think that's <laughs> well. Some of the kids are charming. Like I liked yeah. Phoebe. I think she's charming. She almost seems like almost just too young to be in this movie, but she yeah. still does like a pretty good job for like I, I don't even know how old she. She's gotta be like I don't know four. She's mm-hmm. just so small and like yeah. And it's called a bitch. I barely understand face. what she's saying. <laughs> oh man. That um, but uh, I, yeah, I I don't know. This is I I not I gripe with that's most fine. of it. Yeah, that's totally fine. All right, Brian, give it to us. Uh, one, Stephen King rules. <laughs> Two, uh, um, so Shane Black wrote this movie, who I have grown to love. He directed like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And has worked on the uh, and him and Fred Decker and stuff like like the Lethal Weapon movies and uh, he directed one of the Predator movies, Shane Black, and uh, mm. um, he directed Iron Man three. Anyway, um, uh, and the good the nice guys. Anyway, I love this movie. Um, I think these are my great likes. I think science is cool. I dig it, man. The <laughs> principal at the beginning. Yeah. The effects. <laughs> the effects are great. Um, the candy bar scene at the opening with Rudy kind of like making them eat it is, is, is very satisfying. Mm. Like making those mean bullies like eat it at the beginning of the movie. Like I still find very satisfying. I still think Rudy's super cool. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, uh, spoiler alert for the movie Groundhog Day 7 or whatever it is. <laughs> um, uh, I love you. Prove it when he has to go to the office. Um, oh. uh, uh, like huge, like scary German guy, uh, quote, scary German guys, bitching, uh, and, uh, <laughs> both a like and a gripe, like why you gotta make him a Holocaust survivor? Cause he's dealt with monsters before. So he's the most prepared <sighs> for this. Okay. That, I, yes. that, that always shocks me to my core, that scene when he's like, I know something about monsters. And then he closes the door and you see the, the, his, the tattoo. Yeah. Why? Um, oh, yes. <clears throat> also, Eugene, poor little kid is the first one to see all the monsters. The mummy in his closet, um, the creature in the, in, mm-hmm. the, in the swamp, like poor guy. Um, Traumatized for life. Yeah. The mm-hmm. uncle from Napoleon Dynamite is the wolf man. No way. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then my favorite lines, obviously Wolfman's got nards. He won't wake up. He won't wake up. Um, <laughs> monsters hate. Re- Let's go to the church. Yeah. Monsters hate religious stuff. Um, <laughs> the, the fact that you, Uge- uh, Horace fat kid had garlic pizza in his pocket to oh. get Dracula. <laughs> Oh my God. I, I put that in my nose. I just put in all caps garlic pizza. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, wolf. Um, I love the design of the wolf man and I love the design of um, the creature. Like, I love all the monster designs in this. Um, I think that Duncan Regeer or whatever, uh, however you pronounce his name, he's one of the better Draculas to me because, like, he doesn't give a fucking shit. Like, like he just drives into the yard with dynamite. Like he doesn't even like park on the side of the street. He just like goes right into the yard. And when he throws the dynamite into the um, tree house, he goes meeting adjourned. Yes. <laughs> that was so corny. So good. Um, Why does everyone have dynamite? Everyone. 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 Wait, like, how easily accessible is this? I don't know. This is a great question. How easily accessible is dynamite? I mean, maybe there was dynamite in the Van Helsing mansion um, where he, like, Mm. stockpiled. I don't know. Um, (laughs) um, I love, obviously, the whole sequence of him grabbing Phoebe by the face, raising her up, saying, give me the amulet, you bitch. Also, when we were in Salem... Um, and we went to the monster museum, the, um, Count Orlocks. They had monster squad stuff in there and they had a, a thing signed by Duncan Regeer as Dracula and on it. It said, give me the amulet, little bitch. Um, he wrote it out. Kudos. But Kudos when she, them. when he grabs her and pulls her up and says, give me the amulet, little bitch, she screams. And then like Frankenstein grabs his head and goes bogus. It's truly one of my favorite moments in a movie. Um, and then at the and then another like at the end is I just I, every time I cry 
when Frankenstein's being pulled away. I cried the, the other day, yesterday, watching this. Yep. And she, oh, she no. and confirm. Yeah. And like when he's flying away and he's yelling Phoebe and he's saying goodbye and then she throws him the stuffed animal to keep him company in like limbo mm. forever. It's just like heartbreaking. He was so nice to them. Like they treated him like a group. Like when he sees the mask and he goes scary. Like I, I like I it. Just, and, the, and, then, yeah. and then they walk like over like like that eighty shot of like all of them walking down or whatever. Like I just I it, this I love this movie so much. And I <laughs> but here are my here are my gripes. Obviously. My gripes are the homophobia. Yeah. The, like, blatant homophobia in this. Because, like, it's not even just the bad kids using the slurs. Slurs, mm-hmm. excuse me. It's – they're using it to the – I think one of them says, like, butt loving or something. Like, that was his code name or something on the, yeah. the walkie. Or, like, it's just, like, there's clear, like, like 80s, like – I mean, forever homophobia. Like, it's just, like, I hate it. Um, I also dis – another gripe um, – is uh obviously the misogyny obviously like the slut shaming in this movie um the fact that like rudy blackmails her with the pictures he took of her getting dressed just to tell them if she's a virgin like all of that is wildly yucky um Mm. uh, i hated that um and uh yeah i don't know it's just like Listen, I all the women are poorly written in this. The best written woman is a four year old, and it's not because she's a female; it's because she's just like a cute kid who right. like actually just happens to be good in the movie. Um, yeah, but like, and and but I think I think the number one thing that stands out to me, the biggest two likes of this are how quotable this wild movie is, and the character design and the special effects. Because like, even Dracula transforming into the vampire into the bat. Um, whether you're seeing it happen or whether you're seeing it in shadows happen against the house when the wife comes out, mm. um, like all of that uh, is just like really great. When he's in the airplane and he drops <clears throat> Frankenstein's coffin down and he like turns into it in front of him, like that's real for 87. Like that's a spectacular special effect. And like, I was definitely taken by that as a kid. Um, yeah. Also the skeletons throughout this movie look really spooky and scary. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, th- those are my likes and gripes for this film that I love so very much. <laughs> Understandable. Yes. Well, let us get into, um, you know, something that I guess Frankenstein would be happy to talk about. Mm, brains. <laughs> <laughs> brains. Frankenstein is not a zombie. Thank okay. you very much. Sorry. Please correct me. <laughs> You are the monster, the monster expert in this. Uh, so obviously there's, there's a lot of um, human behavior things in this movie that we can kind of bypass because we know that this is of the time and the decision making and the way that these characters are written are definitely not something that is trying to be realistic. It's just something that oh. is, I mean, to an extent, you know. But it's just a reflection of of the time, so I I give it a little bit of grace in in that area because I would just be screaming the whole time. Why are you making these decisions, guys? What's happening? But one thing that really stuck out to me was just the parents' relationship, which was really wild uh, because the the father is a cop, and we're assuming that the mom is a stay at home mom. Um, and one thing that is relatable for me is I, I grew up with my dad being a cop, so like I get the late nights and him having to be on call at all times for whatever situation was happening, you know, so that was very realistic on, on their part, but the arguing in front and in one thing, okay, I will say one thing that really kind of broke my heart was when Phoebe was talking to the mom and um, Phoebe was tucking her in uh, to the bed to go to sleep. And Phoebe was like, are you going to yell at him? And then Mm. the mom was like, no, I love your father. And she was like, I'm talking about my brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just had me thinking, oh my gosh, yes, how much does it affect, you know, a child when their parents are arguing? And these parents are not being very discreet. I mean, you know, even though their kids are asleep, they're still kind of arguing and yelling. So, my question to you, Jamie, all that to say, how much does it affect a child when they are hearing their parents argue? And just from the evidence of this movie, uh, what do you think? That like if you were there, they were supposed to go to couples counseling and they cancel it because he has to go on call. 
if you were their therapist and you were starting to counsel them, what would the process look like? How would you start that counseling these parents? Yeah. Um, so the first part, mm-hmm. the children like observing the tension between the parents. Um, I mean, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. Like, <clears throat> you know, kids, even very young kids, like even, you know, little, little Phoebe, like kids pick up on things. Kids are super observant. So mm. even attempts to kind of like minimize, I mean, there's that part where she's like, be quiet there. And he's not like, they're just, yes. they're both like super loud. Um, but yeah, like even trying to conceal these things, like kids are observant, they pick up on these things and are able to know this when like things don't seem okay within the family unit. So I think, you know, it's, it is really challenging because it's like, how much information do you want to like share with your kids about like tension and conflict that there is within the parental dynamic and, and, you know, like how, I mean, I think ultimately like it's, it's going to have some kind of impact. I think what might be helpful is like talking with them at like whatever mm-hmm. age appropriate language can help explain what's going on, but like talking to them so that they don't feel alone or to blame. Um, cause I think that yeah. sometimes can be a, a sentiment of like, Oh, am I somehow like responsible for this tension that exists between my parents and, and like, making it very clear that, you know, the kids are, are not at fault and maybe even Mm. like family therapy at that point too, just so that like everybody can be collectively together and like kind of talk through with a therapist, like how to communicate. Um, yeah. So that's, that's one thing. But, um, in terms of like, I will also say I'm not a couples therapist, so like, Mm -hmm. or a group therapist or a family therapist. So my, you know, knowledge base is super limited, but like, I mean, A, I hope maybe they probably should be going to couples therapy. (laughs) Um, yes. But, uh, but no, cause the, once the kids solve everything, then all of their problems are solved and they go on to live a, a beautiful, exactly. happy Exactly. That's and the that's point what of this couples film. therapy is all about. <laughs> <laughs> Just slay a monster and you, you will yeah. save your marriage and everything, mm-hmm. everything slay will be. Slay all the monsters. All of the monsters and mm-hmm. you, and you will be a-okay. It's just so yeah. interesting too, just thinking about being open and talking about it as far as the parents talking to kids about things. So you're saying that that would be healthy for them to at least bring up, you know, this is to an extent, whatever they want to bring up, but this is what's happening just so that they're not tiptoeing around it, you know, yeah. with their kids. I mean, again, this is somebody who like doesn't work with couples, yeah. but I do, I feel like, and maybe this is just like my own like personal opinion, um, but like that, I feel like there's value in, in, you know, again, you don't have to be so transparent that you're like sharing everything, but right. I think that, you know, it's, I think that there's space to say that like, you know, there's some kind of tension that like they're trying to work out. Like we're trying to problem solve something and like we're just having a really hard time with it and like wanting you to know, um, or something so that like, again, I think that kids can draw their own conclusions and like make, take some kind of meaning. Um, Mm. and if like, let's say the situation got worse and they like separated and like one of the parents moved out, like what messages are kids taking away from those situations? And again, like a lot of kids, when they're younger and are like witnessing this, feel this sense of responsibility. And I think it's really important to, to try to like talk, uh, talk to kids about that so that they are not feeling responsible for like their parents' relationship or their Mm, parents' relationship, like no longer remaining intact and, and like being communicative with, with their parents or vice versa, that like the parents needing to be communicative with, their children around Mm -hmm. some of that. But like, again, maybe that would go more effectively with a therapist to kind of like help 
explore what's coming up for a kid and like how yeah. how the conflict in the relationship is like impacting the family unit as a whole. Cause it's never, it's never just like, I think that's like the real misnomer is it's never just between the parents in a family unit. Like that's, that's one piece, but like, you're still a larger family unit. So like you can't just completely compartmentalize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Beautiful. Well, Brian, do you had a question for Jamie? Yeah. So if you're a young person and you have this wild experience, like, these young people like saw magic and like defeated monsters. You could even say this about like Dorothy or um, Alice or uh, Wendy or the kids from Stranger Things, the kids from Goonies, you know, all these like kids on bikes things, E.T., where there are these young kids who are having these like magical experiences. Usually they have these magical experiences like against the backdrop of like an unstable home. Um, which is like the theme, like E.T., all all that stuff. Um, So my question for you is like when these kids grow up, like do they have a hard time finding something that will satisfy them because they've seen something so wild? I know there's a comic book called like The Lost Girls about this, um, but it's a little bit more like erotic and like they're trying to find like um, these like like, new worlds like through that. Um, But like I guess like in reality, like – how how would people like move on? I guess it's also like a, a related to child stars as well. When you've mm-hmm. reached like a certain like level of fame and your ego is a certain inflated amount or whatever, like how do you how can you grow up and be like I don't even know what the the, the question is there. So I'm just gonna leave you with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think that like, you know, I would say intense experience, intense, like once in a lifetime experiences can certainly have this like lasting impact. Um, and I, I think like from there it can go all kinds of ways and really depends on like, yeah, like has there been a space for, to like kind of process what that experience was? And like, Mm. if it's, if it opens up this like realm of possibilities of what else could be out there. And like, you know, someone becomes particularly passionate about like trying to find more of those things or like get more answers to, to other questions and stuff. Like maybe that's one way it goes. Maybe, maybe it has like a really negative impact of like, Oh, I can, I'm never going to access this type of thing ever again. Mm -hmm. I don't really know. I'm trying to think about it in the context of like magic and monsters and sure and that type of stuff. But, um, yeah, like on one hand, it's like, well, if these things exist, like who's to say that you can't continue to explore or find elements of these things. And like, does that then like open the world up and make it seem like even more magical and, and like full of wonder and that's like motivating and exciting. Or is it like, Oh, this stuff has been like sealed away forever. And like, we no longer have access to it. And like, mm. what impact does that then have on someone of like, I, I had this once in a lifetime thing and I can never get that again. And like, what's that mean about my life? And like, what's the point? Mm, um, that's good. So I think it's like, again, we can take, I mean, again, within the context of this, but generally like we can take any kind of meaning out of anything. And then it's just like, how do we, how do we kind of like move forward from that? Or like, are we stuck? are we stuck by those experiences Mm -hmm. because they had such an impact on us that we're like trying to seek it out again or like, you know, just having some kind of difficulty like processing or resolving it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That kind of reminds me. That's the best I can come up with. Well, you, you, and just talking about that, that just reminds me when you talk about the movie it and how it goes from those kids who experience this magical thing that was dangerous And when they're older and how some people have processed that, I mean, all of them process it in different ways. Like you were saying, it can go all kinds of ways. And I think that movie is a good example of um, some of those reactions to things as you get older, because some people might say, oh, I was just a kid. I was making that up. That didn't really happen. And they kind of suppress the thing, you know, and then there's some people um, like in, and I'm specifically talking about the, the recent it movies. There's one kid that just stayed in dairy because he knew that the thing 
Pennywise was going to come back. And so he was just there, you know, waiting for that to happen and then get the gang. And then some people moved away. Some people, you know, again, just kind of suppressed it. Some people, it overtook them and, and that resulted in them, you know, taking their own lives because they couldn't handle all of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, just to your point, Jamie, I, I think it is just about how can you process those things, even though it might have been a, a negative experience, but process it so that you can be okay on the other side of it. Because, um, like, and Brian mentioned child stars, and that just reminded me of like Drew Barrymore and um, how she came up in life and the things that she was seeking. And you also think how much are are the parents and the adults in these child's lives uh, contribute to processing these these traumas and. Uh, or even what uh, I'm, I'm sure y'all heard about Jeanette McCurdy and her book that came out about um, after her mom passed. She was a Nickelodeon star, and that was mm-hmm. the only thing that she did. Um, and mm-hmm. it was and her mother kind of like pushed her to be a child uh, star. That's not what she really wanted to do, and she like dropped out of acting altogether. But she wrote this book that was just talking about. Um, how the fame wasn't really what she wanted because it was a product of, of her mom. And so I don't know. Uh, and before we got on this podcast, Brian really, what Brian's question, real, uh, real question was, is how do we protect the corn boy at all costs? Because yeah, he's got the juice. <laughs> yes. Oh, and we want to make sure that he grows up and, and has a healthy, healthy life outside of this, but protect corn boy at all costs <laughs> at all costs so that he can be okay. Preserve his innocence, please everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought of this question because of him, because I saw him at like D 23, like events, yeah. like hosting, like the Pinocchio, like red carpet. I was like, yep. Oh no. What are we doing to corn boy? Already. <laughs> He was at so Mr. Bad. Beast's like opening of his new burger restaurant. Like, and I was just like, oh no, corn boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, corn boy. But it's the truth. It's 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 like, how are how are we processing this? And adults, please do your part in helping these kids also just stay kids as well mm-hmm. and let them play and do whatever they want and make make fun puns and songs about corn without it being a a ploy to get TikTok followers and views and money. It's got the juice. It's got the juice. Let the kids be kids. <laughs> we we saw a funny TikTok where it was like 20 years later, like it was like a fake Dateline special. It was like, oh, uh, no. hi, everyone. I'm here. If you remember Corn Kid from 20 years ago. And then like they bring like this guy playing Corn Kid as like if, you know, a, a 30-year-old yeah. or whatever it is. It was really funny. Oh, gosh. I have to find it. But it's, I mean, <laughs> it's it's real talk. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, are we going to Rotten Tomatoes this movie? It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Yes. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? What percent does this magical film have on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm going to guess 65 Jamie, <laughs> uh, I was gonna okay. I'm gonna stick with my guns. I'm gonna guess 35. Great. This has a 56 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that makes sense. And the con- uh, it has a 77 percent audience score. Um, but the critics' yeah. consensus is a fun 80s adventure with a slightly scary twist. The Monster Squad offers tween-friendly horror with just enough of a kick. Friendly, <laughs> debatable. <laughs> yeah, I I, I want to say one thing before we get to the four S's that I forgot to yes. mention earlier. Here's something that I will never understand in movies: Why are you making an anagram of your name when you can choose? Any name in the world. It happened in Rosemary's <laughs> Baby. It yes. happened in this. Why aren't you just like, oh, some guy named Tim called, not like Dr. Acula. You know, like, 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 what is that? And yes. then like the guy, and then Roman in Rosemary's Baby, like exactly. she's through the anagrams. Like, no, why can't you just be like Frank? Like, why does it have to anagram? Why are we like, I understand it's like easier for the plot for them to figure it out. A lot of tension, especially when he's figuring out that Dracula called like with his parents yelling in the background. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that the tone of that scene is interesting, but like, 
Dracula could just call and be like, hey, uh, it's uh, Tim. I was wondering if you had the book. It's just like, no, like, why? why? I, I will never understand how to like, just lie about your name. Just lie yeah. about your name. Don't like be like, did Dracula sit there like with a whiteboard being like, okay, if I put Wait, the A I here and I put the, you know, the B here, like, like, what are you doing, Dracula? Anyway. <laughs> But that's so I, that is that is very very true because at that point you just want to be found and then that's your own fault. So yeah, like <laughs> like you want to do a meetup like oh Tim Tim wants to meet up with you to he'll sell the book. Yeah, okay, great. Like wild, crazy. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was a gripe that I totally forgot about. Yes. Love okay. <laughs> Back to the four S's. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> okay, the four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. We will rank them from one to ten, and then we'll do our suggestions. Um, Jamie, let's start with you. What are your skulls, scares, and shakes? Okay, I love you, Brian, but I'm sorry. I am giving this a skulls of two. Um, because I just don't think human people do these things or, or talk in this, maybe tweens talk in this way, but I surely haven't been a tween for quite some time. So, uh, a two from me scares. Um, I also gave this a two, um, again, saw this as an adult for the first time. I'm sure as a kiddo, this is very spooky, scary, but for me, it's, it's not um, shakes, uh, I'm giving this a one cause I, I can't even remember the things that happened having just watched it sure, uh, sure. less than 24 hours ago. So I, I am so sorry. Um, you don't have to apologize for anything. Thank you. <laughs> oh God. Still married. Right. Exactly. That's what's most important. <laughs> Nagisha, what about you? Um, skulls. I also no. Gave we're it. not married. You have to be very kind <laughs> to this phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I apologize. I'll send you a gift basket. I, I promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also gave this a two for skulls because uh, it just yeah. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm, females. Mm-hmm. The females got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scares is a one. It's not scary. Uh, but. I agree with Jamie's point. If I saw this when I was younger, I can totally understand how someone can be scared. Shakes, I'm going to give it a two. Uh, mostly just for the how quotable it is because there will be things that I I remember. And there was one quote that I forgot to say that I really liked when the two guys were on the plane when Dracula first appears and the guy, there were sounds happening. And so one of the pilots goes back there to check it out and the guy sitting still in the in the seat says okay i'll stay here and make spooky sounds (laughs) 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 all right for me skulls i'm gonna give this a four because um i've had experiences (laughs) with monsters no (laughs) I've i've had experiences with um like bullying and like finding your group and like I understand what it's like to like need to create like a, a club of like like-minded like things people you like the same things as yeah. um I think that was that was cool I also like how nice they were to Frankenstein um yeah um scares this is a one I like I don't know if I even ever found this scary like like mm-hmm. you know what I mean um shakes I mean I have to give this a 10. Like I'm required and obligated to give this a 10. This is, I think about this movie all the time. I get so excited when someone brings it up. It was in that museum in Salem. Like this is just like such a staple in my life of Mm -hmm. things that I love. And it just like ties so many things together. Like the horror, the monsters, like, like the stranger things aspect of things, like the kids on bikes. Like I love all like ET is another one of my favorites. Like this is like totally that. Um, and uh, I'm going to start with suggestions. Yeah. I have two suggestions, and they're a little bit outside the box. Um, in 2018, they created a documentary called Wolfman's Got Nards. 
It is a documentary directed by the star of this movie, the little kid um, who wears the Stephen King rule shirt, I think Andre Gower. um, uh, He directed it, and it interviews, like, 80s stars, people from the movie, like, all of that stuff. Um, And it is... um, it's really good because it goes into how it flopped when it was in the movie theaters and how it's become a cult classic. Um, mm. How, like, they did a tour around the country at Alamo's, Alamo Draft House, and did showings and did, like, talkbacks, and that's where that's a lot cute. of this is from. Um, yeah, they interview just, like, everyone from the movie. Um, like, it's, it, it fills in a lot of information about, like, why do people love this movie? Um, it's, it's really, it's actually a really good documentary. Even if you don't like the movie, it adds a lot of fun context, especially to the makeup stuff. That's yeah. what's super cool. Mm. And the second thing is, <clears throat> if you like movies about fighting multitude of monsters, um, Jamie and I played it recently, the board game Horrified. Um, it's a co-op board game where you, like, um, you fight monsters and you get to choose, do I want one monster attacking us or six monsters attacking us? And you all work together to defeat the monsters and the monsters get rolls and stuff like that. It's a super, okay. super fun board game. There's a like universal monsters version of it. There's also like an American monsters version of it with like the Jersey devil and the Chupacabra and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's actually super, super fun. Um, so I would suggest those two things. Nice. Jamie, do you want to go with your suggestions? Sure. Um, so I have a couple. Um, I started with the what I feel like is the easiest and most obvious one, The Goonies, mm. um, which is also like not pure horror, but like definitely has very spooky moments. That movie scared yeah. me as a kid. Yeah. Um, also another scary kind adults. Of, scary yeah, adults. there are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, another uh, another kind of in the same vein, the lost boys, Mm. um, that also very spooky. You learn a lot about the rules of, I know Brian loves rules, um, the rules of dealing with vampires. Um, and then the last one that I have, uh, again, a a group of people you know, they refer to themselves as a gang, which looking back on it, a little bit strange, Mm. um, you know, solving mysteries with their, with their mysterious vehicle, um, Scooby Doo. <laughs> I love Scooby Doo so much. <laughs> Those are Scooby-Doo. excellent suggestions. Yes. I, and- yeah. <laughs> there you go. Beauty. Uh, I thought you were going to say the one that I had, but I'm going to go with Gremlins. Mm. Uh, good also 90s, good you know, little monsters and things and uh, a horrifying good time. Those little, <laughs> those little gremlins. That, now, talk about well, something Gremlins that is, is 84, so, like, oh, it's interesting. Mm, yeah. It's interesting because, like, you all picked 80s movies that, like, were made before this. Like, Goonies, Gremlins, more popular than this, which is obviously, like, why this movie was made. Because, like, oh, kids fighting something in the 80s? Yeah. Like, let's do it. Like, yeah, totally. I mean, Goonies is a better movie than this. Gremlins is a better movie than this. I know. I'm going to cut this part. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I like this one because it has the monsters in it. Anyway, back yes. to you, Nagisha. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, yeah, I think that wraps up this episode of The Monster Squad, just fulfilling all of Brian's dreams right now in discussing this movie. <laughs> so uh, discuss it with us on our social media platforms. Talk to us about it on the Instagram, on the TikTok, and Watch us on the YouTubes and comment your opinions on the movies there as well. And Brian, where can they listen to us? You can listen to us wherever you get podcasts. That includes Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. Thank you. Uh, And then as Nikisha said, uh, uh, find us on YouTube. Uh, All these episodes are with our faces. Hi, YouTube. (laughs) um yeah uh and and i also i also want to thank both of you for watching this for me um i know this is not for everybody and i know jamie was not like thrilled to watch it again um (laughs) but she loves me and you love me nikisha yes and i really i I really listen it's tough to watch some of these movies i get that i same for me but i really appreciate you uh spending an hour and 20 minutes or whatever it was uh (laughs) watching the monster spot thank you Yes. Well, y'all watched Wrong Turn for me, so you know we're 
we're, we're even with that. <laughs> uh, Brian, leave us with your favorite quote from the Monster Squad or a few, whatever you choose. I mean, the two that will forever be associated with this movie is, um, you know, obviously, give me the amulet, you bitch. <laughs> yes. And and kick him in the nards, keep him in the nards. Wolfman doesn't have nards, keep him in the nards. Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> Well, Man's Got Nards is the quintessential line from this movie. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a good time. There are a lot of favorites, but that's that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was yours, Nikisha? Um, get your life together. Yeah, handle your life. Handle Ryan. your life. Handle your people. life. Handle your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.